Hi, I'm your host, Anthony Giorgio, and you're listening to another episode of QT, Queer Teen Podcast, encouraging the next generation of queer youth from across the world to stand up for what's right. So before this week's episode, I'm trying something a little different. Um, I'm really excited about my next guest, but I wanna also share about two other podcasts that I absolutely love. And here's a little bit about them, and then we'll get right into the episode. Enjoy. If you're someone who interacts with kids, you're probably familiar with moments of being asked questions you're just not equipped to answer. Whether it's the old favorite, where do babies come from, or the nuances of discrimination, Rad Child Podcast has your back. Each episode, your host, Seth Day, leads a discussion about topics like race, disability, loss, gender, sexuality, and so much more. Our goal is to give grown-ups the tools to talk to kids about almost anything. So come give a listen. Rad Child Podcast, helping to raise a generation of open, compassionate, rad kids. Available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and just about anywhere else. Hey there, campers. My name is Emmett, and I'm the host of Gaze in the Woods, a podcast that explores rural LGBTQIA2 experiences, from radical fairies and lesbian farmers to backwoods slam poets and community organizers organizing communities the community didn't know where they were all along. Can you have a pride parade when you're the only gay in the village? What is camp when you live in a trailer? And if a genderqueer bear shares their pronouns in the forest and nobody gets it, is anything real? I don't know, but let's find out together on Gaze in the Woods, an Upford Network podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Queer Teen Podcast. I'm super excited about my next guest. We met, well, I officially met this person on a cruise ship, Um, but I've known them before that, but now, and they're going to tell a little bit about themselves and then we're going to get into a fun conversation. Take it away, Adam. Hi, thank you for having me, Anthony. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Adam Rothenberg and I host the entertainment platform, Call Me Adam, as well as its podcast, Bearing It All with Call Me Adam. And I interview uh, celebrities from the world of theater, film, television, music. And um, I've been doing uh, print interviews and video interviews on my website for about 12 years and my podcast, is coming up on its two-year anniversary in September. So I'm very excited uh, to keep it going. I'm in season two right now where I'm focusing on the conversations I'm focusing on our legacy and lessons learned. So um, we get to hear, we we talk a little bit with my guests about um, projects they've worked on, how they want that to fit into their legacy, and then all the lessons that they've learned throughout their life. Oh, I love that. Okay, so you have your podcast. That's this podcast, that podcast is two years old. Yes. Cool. But you've been doing this work for 12 years. When you say, what did you say you do? You wrote, you blog or you write? So I do print interviews and video interviews. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yes, the video I knew. I didn't know you also, I, did, I guess print, yeah, because you put it on your website. So yes, you can read the interview as well. Yes. Basically, the, um, yeah, the, What's that called? If, if somebody's not available for a, a video interview or a podcast interview, uh, I, I conduct an e- basically an email interview with them. And, uh, oh, cool. and I put that interview on my site. So it's not a, it's not a transcript of oh, my podcast okay. or the video. It's, Got it. it's its own interview. I thought that's what I was going to try. That's the word I was trying to get to, uh, transcript. Yeah. That's so cool. And uh, a lot of those people happen to be stage people. Yes. On the Broadway, which is very exciting uh, for those that are listening. Most of anyone that I ever talked to on my podcast, they're all theater geeks and theater kids. So they know, actually, they probably know more than I do when it comes to random people in the, like people I'm like, who? Uh, Cause I'm like, but you know, all the, I, cause I go there with the older movies and all that older shows and stuff like that. But yes. that's cool. Yeah. I'm a rent kid. So I grew up with rent and, Yes. And, uh, and yeah, yeah. I'm obs- I was obsessed with rent. So, with uh, with all that work, what since you've only been doing the po- do you like doing the podcast? Is it? I, 
I love it. Yeah, it's nice. I, yeah, I like the I like the human connection um, that I get from actually phys- like physically talking with somebody, even though since uh, the pandemic happened, it's everything's been remote. It's still nice to be able to see somebody over the computer screen and talk to them as opposed to when I first started recording remotely, um, there wasn't the, um, most of my episodes, the platform I was using didn't have video capabilities. So we would just talk over the internet like we were talking over the phone, but the added bonus of video allowed me to see the person, even though depending on the platform I use, the video doesn't always get recorded. Um, it's still nice to see the person and get to see their reaction to, to the conversation. It totally is. I, yeah, I, I did, I, I originally, I think before COVID, I started to do these phone interviews because I was like, I need to get, I need to be broader. Like I need to get to people. I'm not, obviously I'm not going to fly far away for one interview. Um, I would have to make like a whole thing. Like, so you know, when I went to California, I went to California for Models of Pride, which is a big like LGBT queer youth conference. Mm. But um. I made a whole thing out of it. I, I took a week and I like interviewed three people as opposed to one at the, at the Models of Pride. I interviewed two more people, one in San Diego and then one in LA, but not like LA proper. And that was because I was like, I can't just go for like one. I, I just, it's just. No, I, you have to make the most of your time. Yeah. So the phone, I started doing the phone, but I do like the face to face. I do like what we're doing because um like i interviewed coco uh yes coco peru yes, and mm-hmm. she was just the mouth to mouth which is fine i like just to get her on the phone i mean i, I love her so much she's um, incredible incredible what made you 12 years ago start to even be interested in talking to all these people so you know i grew up uh fascinated with the entertainment world i mean i read people i read all the magazines all the trade mag- you know people entertainment weekly rolling stone um since i grew up in the 80s that's what we had us weekly um paper I, I, yeah right i read all the magazines um but the one thing i noticed pretty much between all the interviews is more or less they all were sort of the same i, I I may get one or two new facts, but primarily I was like, oh, I just read this in this one. I just read that in this one. So um, uh, I used to do stand-up comedy on the side of, of having a regular job and uh, that wasn't going how I planned it. So I, I stopped oh. and it is. And my friend said to me, uh, you know, why don't you start a blog? So, uh, so I, I did, cause I had questions I wanted to ask people and um, I started it around the time that uh, Facebook was getting more mainstream because, you know, it started out primarily on college campuses, but uh, I was already graduated from college by the time Facebook came into fruition. So um, I emailed a few people on Facebook that um, I had, I know I had met over the years. So even if they didn't remember my, my name, they would recognize my face. And I wrote them and asked if they wanted to be part of my blog. And they said, yes. And then uh, I eventually started contacting um, publicists on Broadway who worked on all the Broadway shows to try to get interviews um, that way. And it just started to grow from there. I mean, yeah, I think people don't realize like um, whether you're doing it on the podcast platform, blogging platform, both YouTube, whatever it is, you just literally have to ask people. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it does help when we have connections like for everyone listening, Adam and I are our connection to things. Yes. So it does help that I can go to Adam or if Adam wants to come to me because we already know the people, mm-hmm. or whatever, whoever we want to have on our podcast. That does help, but that also takes work. And that takes years of just like asking and asking and getting a lot of no's or people not even paying attention to you at all. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always fun. Like I, I tell people too, like I was like, part of what I do, I will spend three hours on my computer looking up for mine it's because it's educational it's a resource i have to i talk to a lot of activists some of them are bombarded by people trying to get them on their podcasts and so forth so sometimes i don't hear anything i've been rejected by some people i really wanted (laughs) that's the worst i was like i was come on we're just gonna have like a 30 minute conversation um but they're too busy for that Mm -hmm. even or their their person says they're too busy it's really not them in fact they probably don't even know that like i contact their publicist or something 
well, I do have a, uh, you know, I, when I first started out, I just actually contacted the person directly. And, and most of the time they I were just like, yes. I, and then a, a few times I did have someone say, oh, could you contact, please, you know, email my publicist because they coordinate all of that. And, and then I did. And then once I really got into the, the Broadway publicist, I, I always went through that route because uh, if you do try to get an interview with somebody and you don't go through the publicist, it can cause some, uh, some friction. So it's always better to go through the publicist if you can, unless, you know, like, I mean, there are some people I have interviewed that, that I've worked with directly. So um, that's true. That's like a different if you, story. Exactly. Cause you already know them, like, you know, right. them enough and you've, right. you've like had a full conversation with them. Like I'm trying to work on someone that's really important to me from the original Broadway musical and the conversations have been going on probably for like a year. Mm -hmm. And I was like, we'll eventually get there. I'm not giving up. I no, always shouldn't. I always throw them a, like a little, uh, hey, it's me again. I know you have to go through like the big networks and so forth, but we've met three times. I've talked to you twice on the phone. Mm -hmm. So way in like the early 90s, late 90s. So yeah. So anyways, you just have to go through those. That's why I sounds like you just take a chance, ask the worst they could say is no. Exactly. Or you don't hear anything back. Or you don't or, hear, I mean, I don't hear anything back a lot of like, it's like ghosting. I check yes. in though. Like I like, Hey, just making sure that you got my message. Um, yes. I will check in like once or twice. Make sure um, and that's it. I usually give it a three, three times. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then forget it. But then yeah. if, if some time has gone by, I do try to circle back. Although there was somebody early on I really wanted to interview and I've been a huge fan of hers and I will never forget the publicist wrote back to me and said um she's not available now nor will she ever be available and I was like oh okay I mean like and it was somebody that I had met and who was you know she was very nice but you know yeah. when when you add that extra level it it's, it's difficult. I mean, there was somebody else I interviewed. Well, I, I requested the interview through the publicist and I was told that she was too busy. And then I went to see the show. And since I knew her, I, I was able to go backstage and say hello. And my friend who was with me said to her, you know, he tried to get an interview with you and uh, they told him that you weren't available. And she was like, really? They never even brought it to me. So- Yeah, I know that's the thing too. That like happens too. And then a few oh, days yeah. later, I get an email from the press company. Oh, she would be, actually, she would be very happy to do an interview with you because she obviously said something to them. So, right. I mean, booking a guest is, it's, it's like, it's the behind the scenes work that nobody sees, but the amount of hours that you have to spend booking a guest and like, you know, you, you have a weekly show to book somebody every week I mean I've gotten to a point now where I actually try to just take like a week or two at the beginning of every month and record like five episodes so then I can have the next few weeks already recorded yeah. and then I could so focus on getting those out and then I can work on getting you know new guests but that's it what is, you have to do I tell yes. people that when they're like because everyone's always like I want to start a podcast I go okay here's the thing <laughs> right there's a <laughs> lot of you're gonna have guests on I recommend doing six or seven, even before you launch mm -hmm. anything to anybody, even don't even hint at it. Just get your guests recorded first and then you can catch up along the process. Cause I'm always playing. Now I'm fine. I can, I just keep playing catch up and I just keep like, I had to continue to record this, my, this current season right now. Um, you know, but, and I finally finished the last episode, like only a couple of weeks ago, but I still have like five episodes left. So I'm not, I'm not worried about it or anything like that. Yeah. And there's also the side of, of promoting the um, promoting your podcast and getting, oh, yeah. getting people to listen. I mean, there is so much that goes into podcasting more than just sitting here having a conversation. Oh, like this is, this is the fun part. Yes. The easy to me, this is the easy part. Like, cause I don't, I can have conversations with people. I, it's never a thing for me. I only have conversations like I'm having the one with you. Mm -hmm. Um, like that's how I will. And I usually go from, uh, um, I don't know who's going to talk about this. I didn't know we were going to talk about this, but that's okay. Cause like, <laughs> it's so funny. Cause pod the podcast people, like people, I just, I do want people to know, like everyone started a podcast during the pandemic mm -hmm. and I'm like, you do realize it's not just doing a podcast. Like it's not, you're not just going to like get on the microphone and talk if you want guests and stuff. I just think it's funny. Cause half of them are going to go away. 
more than half they're gonna go yes they're not yes. gonna do anything they're gonna cancel them they're not even gonna pay attention to them it will be interesting i mean it will be interesting to see who who sticks around and and who does you know let it go once the, the world fully opens up again right we'll see right you know, yeah uh-huh. i mean the, the one thing i mean i'm glad i started it before the pandemic you know and and i do miss I mean, like I said, I, I love the video chat because I get to see the person, but there is nothing like sitting in a recording studio with your guest and um, and talking. I've never done that. Oh, wait. Yeah, I ha- no, I don't think I've done a recording studio. I mean, I bring my recording studio with me, um, but I do like, yeah, regardless, I like being in person. Like, it just, it's so much better. Yes. We'll get back to it. We're almost there. Actually, someone just asked me for an interview for something and they were like, do you want in person or out of person? I was like, no, in person. I will come to you. <laughs> I want you to be in front of a person. We had a business meeting, Jason and I, my husband and I, for those of you that are listening, uh, for to, to plan the future stuff for the Golden Gates. And um, it was just so, not, that was the first one we've had in like mm-hmm. a year to be in front of a person and be like, oh my God, well, what are we going to so do? exciting. <laughs> I was like, and your oh, husband, yeah. speaking of your husband, uh, your husband and and his friends, the Golden Gays NYC, they have been uh, featured several times on my on my uh, website, and I love I always love talking to them. They're so much yeah, fun. Yeah, they're easy to talk to. They're for everybody. I think I've talked about it before, but just a fresh, friendly reminder: the Golden Gays NYC are a Golden Girls musical theater parody group. Yes, and they are and so much fun. They're ridiculous, and so Adam and I met officially met um in person because i don't think i actually saw you in person before that i just knew of you i don't yeah i was trying to think did we meet at any of the shows prior to i mean we might have but to be quite honest with you i meet thousands of people yeah no i know (laughs) (laughs) and if we did it the only way we would have met it's it's the only way i can remember sometimes is if you come with us to yes. the next thing or we mm-hmm. go to like an event or you come to the after party or whatever we're doing but so many people come up to me all the time and they're like anthony and i'm like you i mean i remember you yes it's different with you but <laughs> a lot of people come up to me and they're like hey and i'm like like people yes. from so adam and i so adam and i officially met we probably met at a gig i'm sure we met at a show 100 but, yeah, but officially but just so everyone knows at a show i'm usually i'm the managing merch i manage the merchandise for them mm-hmm. and I often take the photos. So we probably will see like 50 people that are VIP and they come really quickly and they take a snap photo with the girls and we move them along. So it's kind of like a whole, it's very, it's busy. It's a show. Yeah. So, um, but officially we hung out for two, 10 days. Oh my God. 10 days. You were on there 10 days? No, just the first, just, just the, the second cruise. Five, five days. Five days. Second cruise. Five days on the Golden Fans at Sea cruise. I'm plugging yes. this for you, Chad. Flip phone events. Um, <laughs> Which is a Golden Girls uh, fan-inspired in, uh, cruise. Yeah, and there's tons of events. There's like, and there's tons of parties. Mm-hmm. And the Golden Gays NYC were the featured performers. And they did two of their shows in front of like 900 people. It was amazing. Um, so much fun. Ugh. And then the next one will happen in January. And it's going to be very exciting. So on the Golden Fans cruise, we... Um, yeah, so you're there for five... It was a five-night five night cruise. Mm-hmm. And it was all Golden Girls. Anything you could ever imagine. Captain parties, dress-up parties, costume costume contests. Cheesecake uh, parties. Cheesecake parties. Stan Zimmerman, one of the writers, who's all of our friends now because he's an amazing human being. Yes. Uh, was on there. He's going. He is going back. It's official. I can say that. Yes. Um, so it was just a, it was a great experience. And then the so girls also, Adam interviewed the girls on the cruise. Yes. It was an they, impromptu interview and it was they so were fun. so busy that oh my gosh they were so busy christy was on that second one too with cnn i think yes so there was all yes. of that going on at yes. the same time which the footage is so good yes all right yes you can watch the you can watch my interview with the golden gaze nyc on my youtube channel at call me adam nyc and uh you can watch the cnn uh interview with the golden gaze nyc on their youtube channel you can, or their website. You can tell you're a podcaster because it's so easy. <laughs> it's like, oh, by the way, you can just watch it all. On here. Um, yeah, you're gonna plug all that too by the at the end. So, just, okay, great. Uh, so, with all of this fun, so what is your original like background? Like, what are you? What what's your what's your actual story growing up? Tell everybody that too, because 
part of my podcast is always that I like to have everyone's stories, everyone's queer little stories. Okay, so uh, I mean, I grew up on Long Island. Um, really, I couldn't have tell. No, yeah, I know it's hard. Um, and uh, I and mean, you're it was, Italian, right? No, Jewish. I know, I know, I know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> tricking me. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I mean, as far as like my gay story. Uh, yeah, talk you about know, that a little. H- hindsight, hindsight is twenty twenty. So, I mean, looking back on everything, I probably had um, thoughts and hints that I that I was gay when I was a teenager. I mean, I do remember being at a at a summer camp, and um, always one, a summer camp. Well, always oh. a summer camp. But one of the counselors was uh, was gay. I mean, he was he was very flamboyant. So I knew, like, I could, I knew he was gay, and um, I, I did have thoughts of like should I talk to him and just like get some like perspective, but, you know, living through it and looking back on it are two very different things. So living, living through it, you know, I just didn't feel comfortable because I didn't feel comfortable with myself, but looking back on it, I was like, you should have, you know, what year was that? uh, 93. Oh, I mean, you were so like, how old I'm, I'm 39. How old are you? I'm 45. Okay, so so you're like uh, a teenager. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I definitely was, and um, but you know, it was that conflicting thought, and you know, I didn't, you know, I never spoke to him during the summer. I mean, I didn't talk to him about being gay, but um, but you knew I, I it was did, there. Yeah. I knew it was there. I, I mean, there was another counselor I became uh, more friendly with, who has been a friend of mine since then, and. Um, you know, I never really talked about it with him during that summer, but he was very open to about being gay. And um, it was just nice to know that there were other people out there. You know, I mean, we didn't have as many uh, out gay uh, icons at that time. Oh, you know, it's 93. I mean, 93, I mean, if you think about it, is literally also coming off of the AIDS yes. crisis. Not that it was, it was still going on. It was still strong. Yes. But it was really coming off and... And I think Clinton's about to, Clinton took over. Yeah, like, I mean, he was. It was like a was, whole thing. It was not. Yeah, there was nothing to right. look up to. No, I mean, there was, there was. Um, I mean, uh, I mean, Freddie Mercury. I think he was. Uh, Freddie Mercury, Elton John. Um, even that, like, I don't, I don't think I even. I never connected any of that. I will say it wasn't until Rent till ninety five, ninety six. Yeah. Where I was yeah. Like, Wait a minute. Well, Will, was when was my so-called life? Because Wilson Cruz. That was that was around. I think that's around the same time as Rent, like ninety four, ninety five. Yeah, like yeah. That, somewhere in there. I mean, and it was long, be- and it was still before Ellen came out because she didn't come out till was it ninety six or ninety eight? Yeah, yeah, it was like later in the nineties. Yeah, so you know, until she came, until she, you know, she was like. I mean, she created television history uh with RuPaul RuPaul yeah Spring Break had RuPaul, RuPaul MTV, yes but I didn't even think of RuPaul as that I don't think I did I don't remember thinking oh that's a drag queen well 90 I, I'm trying to trying to remember when he had his talk show on VH1 um it was in the middle 90s somewhere yeah yeah I remember her being on Spring Break too and hosting yes. the Spring Break thing yes I mean she was somebody I definitely looked up to but it wasn't really until um uh, when her book came out, Letting It All Hang Out, uh, I mean, that's really when I got fascinated with her because that book was was incredible. And um, so so there weren't that many people to, going back to the story, there weren't that many people for, for me to look up to like there are today. I mean, there are so many out gay artists today that, that you can look up to. Um, and we didn't have social media like we do now. So it was just a very different time. Anyway. Besides chat rooms. Yeah, right exactly it started to come into play yeah door, door opening up you've got so, mail that's right <laughs> so i went to i went to college and um where'd you go uh i went to curry college in milton massachusetts oh i'm from massachusetts oh where i've never heard of that school sorry that's okay it's a small liberal <laughs> liberal arts school. uh worcester oh okay mm-hmm. yes yes um so uh i went to college and um my sophomore year, I joined theater, and um, I mean, there was this one. Uh, I think there was like one or, 
one of two gay people in the in the theater department there um, that were in the same show as me. And um, uh, one actually became, uh, we, I mean, I became friends with both of them. And one of them, I actually did take the step to talk to him and just be like, especially when I was thinking about that I was gay. Um, I just spoke to him a lot and he was very helpful. And then the other guy became like one of my best friends and we're still friends to this day. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, and he really helped me too. I mean, he took me to, to some support groups and uh, I mean, we just became great friends and um, uh, you know, he really helped me with the whole coming out process. And I mean, a few other friends did as well, but um, he was definitely instrumental in it. And, um, and then- What's your in, first experience like sex with a boy? Uh, um, let's see. Because uh, that is actually the moment where you're like, oh, okay, this makes sense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, definitely after college. Um, Nothing in college. No. College no, because I really, I really spend so much time just getting comfortable with myself. Um, I mean, we did... I mean, with my friend Patrick, the one who was like really instrumental in helping me come out. I mean, we did go to some clubs here and there, but um, I was very nervous to like talk to a guy or or kiss a guy. Um, I guess I was not. I was like, "Hey, boys." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think in my. I mean, my what's it? My senior year. I think my senior year, I I, I kissed someone for the first time. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. Was, it, Long, ooh, was that a good kiss? Can you remember that? Hopefully I it was mean, a good kiss. I mean, I think it was. Or uh, was just that moment? Like, it's just... It was that moment. Yeah. yeah. Or, or no, you know what? It might have been post-college. I can't remember. It's either my senior year or, like, right after college. But I, I went to some... Um, uh, I went to some, like, um, some kind of, like, Jewish mixer or whatever. And I met this guy who went to, he went to Harvard and, oh. um, I, and we were chatting whatnot. And then he was like, you want to go? And I was like, okay. And then he like wanted me to come. Oh no, this was definitely post-college. Um, and then he wanted me to come up to his, to his dorm room. And I was just like, I didn't really want to because I was like, I'd rather go out like on a date. But I remember we did kiss in my car and, um, and then I remember calling him and then it just became like he wasn't interested because I didn't go upstairs with him that night. So still true to this day in 2021. Yes. Yes. Um, but like, that's so funny that you're, you were in Massachusetts that whole time. Yeah. I mean, I went, I mean, I, I used to go to Amherst a lot. Oh, uh-huh. UMass, UMass. Sorry. UMass. Yes. Um, Cause I dated someone from there. I dated a college boy and I was in high school. Oh, wow. Uh, that was my first, second boyfriend steve my first boyfriend mm-hmm. was a a high school boy a senior and i was a sophomore or whatever uh his name was Tog bergman mm. a nice jewish boy raised by um white people because he was adopted oh like, okay full-on white people like uh-huh. catholic anglo-saxon type of white people uh-huh. nice people but he was yeah to we i'll never forget that moment i was like wait a minute I came out as bisexual at first, as a lot of people do. Uh huh. At the time in 1997, 98. Yeah, so that's fun though. I mean, your journey, who cares? You know, I thought, to be quite honest with you, I thought you were like 30. Oh, thank you. I'm not even, I'm being nice, but I'm not, I I really did. (laughs) You just told me like you were, I was like, that does not make any sense. Yes, I have a very young spirit. You do uh, everything. It's just like, yes. I never, that's just great. Like I, you should, everyone should yeah. never know how old. I mean, I have good genes and I don't just mean the ones I'm wearing, but uh, I have good genetic genes. And also uh, I, I always credit uh, origin skincare product to my youthful look. There you go. That's good. So, yeah. yeah. Well, that's, a, so, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no, I, was just gonna say, so I, I would say it was like probably like my, mid mid 20s mid to late 20s was really like the first time i got more physical with a guy cool were you yeah. still in massachusetts 
Uh, no, by then I was living back on Long Island. Cool. Where do you live now? Do you live in- uh, now? I'm in Brooklyn. Oh, you're in Brooklyn. Cool. That's right. Cool. Oh, you have to come down here. You need to come down here. That would be wonderful. Yeah, I'm not telling everybody where here is, but it's in New Jersey. No, I, yes, I. Uh, yeah, but they, you should come down here. Um, that's fantastic. Yeah. So, all right, cool. That's a that's a great story. I mean, yes. and what I tell people too is, and we have to also remember is that the funny thing is with coming out stories is like you continuously come out, right? Like we always come out, never yes. matter what. Like you're always gonna con- tell people or not. Like it's just gonna come up or. You know, like Jason and I just went to Pigeon Ford. We went to Dollywood. Oh, I, lo- I went to Dollywood for my 30th birthday. It's amazing there. Oh the my God. Are so the amazing. Most amazing place ever. It really is. So, but there it's like, you do come out all over again because it's, uh, it's you know, most people don't care. And I always say my husband and, um, uh-huh. but I always think about it because it's like, I'm going to yes. say it and whatever. But I, I always, I think about it too. I mean, I don't think I always say, I mean, if I'm with someone, I'll be like my boyfriend, but if it's just me by myself and somebody asks me a question, I mean, sometimes I say, yeah, my boyfriend and I, and other times I just say me, like, not like, not me, like I'm single, but, um, you know, like if, um, I don't always say like, oh, we're moving or something. I'll be like, I'm moving. It's a, th- it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a thing we always think about. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think sometimes I'll say I'm moving or, or I'm doing it just because like, at a, you know, I, I was single for so long too, that it's also still, even though I've been with my boyfriend for two years, uh, well, a little over two years, but um, uh, you know, um, I don't know. And sometimes it's just like, it's just easier or I just don't have the energy to be like, we, oh, who's we? And then it's just like so many questions that, and so sometimes it's like, I just want to have a quick conversation. And then like, it also depends on who it is. I mean, if I'm like, you know, I don't know if I'm having somebody like come to my house to like do some kind of repair or something, I don't really feel like needing to say my boyfriend or we, or, you know, it could just be like, can you come fix my dishwasher? Like, I don't have to say, oh, yeah. can you come fix like our dishwasher? Or can you come fix our, di-? you know, but um, uh, so it really depends, but you do, I mean, I've been, I've been, I, I came out in, in the um, December of 90, uh, December of 98 or December of 97, one of those. You came out in 98, I came out in 98 too. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so exciting. I think, yeah, like 97 and 98, like I can't quite remember the year it was, but it's right there because of my journal, I, I have. Yes, I have it. I still have, I don't journal as much as I used to but I do have that written and it was either December of 97 or 98 I think it was December 98 and um but still it is it is a constant process no matter how old you get um and any and even though like uh you know gay life is more accepted today than than you know back then it's still like I mean I, I I do still worry like walking down the street like yeah, you, of course. If I'm walking down the street with my boyfriend, when we pass someone, is somebody going to say something to me? Or, you know, I do, uh, even if I walk down the street by myself sometimes, I mean, I look behind my, I look behind me all the time because like, is there going to be somebody coming up behind you to, you just never know. So. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, that's how fucked up the world is. So. Yes, yes. All yeah. right, let's shift gears. Okay. I want to shift gears to some of your interviews and some of your highlights in your life that uh, talk to me about some, talk to us about some of, uh, talk to some of all your Broadway people because I'm obsessed and I know who you've interviewed, but just give me your top three moments. I know it's a loaded question, but it's a good question because you know you have them and they're always for different reasons. You know, it could have been you finally met the person you've always wanted to meet or yes. The interview was just a great interview where it's just nice to talk to someone like that. And yeah. They're, they're now, are we talking my podcast or my website? Because I will say... Question. Do you do do a, want two from one? Well, you've been doing your website longer, right? So... How's this? I'll do three from my website and three from my Perfect. podcast. Um, and I'll chime in with excitement. Okay. Uh, my website, I mean, definitely Olivia Newton-John. I mean, um, I saw that and I was like, what the what? <laughs> that was like... Is she nice? 
so the nicest just the nicest hands down the nicest how did you even get like um so uh so uh, I used to watch um, Logo had had a show called Sorted Lives by Del Shores. It was Sorted Lives, the series, which she was on uh, along with Rue McClanahan yeah. and um, and Jason Dotley and Del Shores. So anyway, after one season, Logo canceled the show and there was this campaign to save Sorted Lives. And I yeah, yeah, yeah. hopped on that bandwagon to sure. help save the show. Um, so but out of that, I, I became friendly with Del and Jason and um when I had interviewed Dell and Jason for my website and uh, and I wrote Dell and I asked him, I was like, is there any way you could get me in touch with Olivia Newton-John? And he was like, I mean, he's like, I'm friends with her. I was like, he's like, but I can't like do that because it's, you know, I'm friends with her and not, you know, it would be like a violation of the friendship. He's like, but what I can do is uh, put you in touch with his press person. And so, um, so I wrote him and uh, the first interview I did with her, we did an email interview. And at that time, I, you know, my questions were very different when I first started my website. Now it's evolved over the years. But um, so he, he, I got an interview with her back then. And then I just did a, a new interview with her um, uh, in uh, right when her autobiography came out, um, Don't Stop Believing, which was two years ago. I think now 2018 2019 we did a I got to do a phone interview with her that I then transcribed into a print interview and I think around 2012 or 2013 I was lucky enough to do another interview with her um so uh you've done three I've done three with her and I feel very very lucky every time I get to do an interview with her so um and she's just been I mean an idol of mine for forever um and now she kind of knows you she knows you i, I mean I, she knows you she knows that you're adam i mean like it's not like she does not like you know right she, right not her. So right and there was you. and there was another um and before i ever got to interview her um like before i had my 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 website and podcast um i used to uh i used to work for this uh broadway advertising agency spotco and this um uh, one of my coworkers uh, was friends with pe- with these two guys who were like Olivia's neighbors, and um, we went on a on a company trip, and I got to go swimming with dolphins on that company trip. And I went swimming with dolphins because Olivia Newton John has the song, the dolphin song. And I wore my Olivia Newton John shirt, and I went swimming with the dolphins, and I sang the song as I was swimming with them. Oh, that's so gay! I love it. And <laughs> it's the gayest. <laughs> it's the gayest, gayest thing story ever. ever. That's amazing. And um. You know, of course, I got all the pictures. Anyway, so my my coworker got um, uh, she took one of the pictures and and put uh like a still from Olivia's Dolphin Song video, put it together, and she got her friends to go to Olivia and have her um sign the picture, and like she explained the whole story to them. And so my my very even before I interviewed her, my very first interaction with her like not meeting her was this photo and then when I did finally get to meet her I said oh I was the person that you signed this photo oh my god we remember I remember and um, I mean so specific so yes yeah and the neighbors brought it to her so yes 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 yeah And, and to this day I mean I still have it and every time I look at it I mean of course I think of Olivia but I also think of my my coworker Gail that got it for me and it's the most amazing thing so Olivia's one. Um, I mean, it's so hard because there's been so many people. Um, I mean, I got to interview Rue McClanahan before she died. Oh, that's even um, for me. That's like. I mean, I I cried when I got her answers. Um, uh, I got to. Uh, I mean, I've I've gotten to interview George Takai, um, Mel B from the Spice Girls. Oh, cool. Um, uh, Joe D. Messina, the country singer. George Takai uh, is like the nicest for like the, the nicest. I actually got to do the interview at his apartment. I was there for an hour and a half recording this interview. I mean, uh, it wasn't video, but it was on the phone. It was whatever. incredible. So, I mean, I guess those are like, uh, I mean, Martha Wash, I got to interview, you know. Oh, that's uh, fun. Yeah, it's, it's Rainy Men. Yeah, uh, yeah, of course. Everybody dance now. She used to, I mean, Martha Wash, she used to be performing in Massachusetts. Like, uh, 
at the clubs. Like, yes. I mean, she was still doing it. I'm she like, just released a new album. I mean, like, of course. Like, why not? Incredible. People um, always think they like they stop at a certain time. Like, nobody no, stops no. really. Like, it, even uh, Tina Turner. Yes, yeah, she doesn't perform anymore. She just had the documentary come out. Yes. Which, by the way, it's amazing. I, I can't, I have to, I don't have HBO Max yet, but when I get it, I will watch it. You could probably just use ours. Oh. <laughs> We're not going to, I mean, we got Well, I'm waiting for Sex in the City to come back. So then I'll get HBO Max and then- We just got it from everything. Tina because Jason's obsessed. He's seen her in concert. Like a bunch of oh my God. She's, I, I saw her, I think twice in concert. She's incredible. There's no one like her. No one. No one. And I always say I have Tina Turner legs. I always describe my legs like Tina Turner. Well, that's some nice legs. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty sexy legs. Still yes. has sexy legs. Even like she's 84, 85. Yes. Like and like she's just, uh, it's just musical. I, did you see the musical when it was, it was going? I didn't get to see the musical yet. I think no. it would come back. I, think I hope so. I, hope so. Un- I mean, her autobiography is another one that was just fantastic. I yeah, Tina. Oh my God. All of it. Anyways, she's just an icon. Yes. Just, yes. That's a true icon. That's like what a legend. Yes. Yes. Um, so, and then on my podcast, I mean, uh, I've gotten to interview uh, Annie Golden from Orange is the New Black. I've gotten to interview her for my website too. We've done some video interviews together, but uh, we did a great podcast episode that split into two parts. Um, I mean, I got to interview um, John Lloyd Young, who was the... Uh, the original Frankie Valley and Jersey Boys. Um, I got to interview uh, Karen Mason, who's a cabaret icon. Um, uh, I haven't published these interviews yet, but I, I did record an interview with um, Tanya Pinkins and um, oh, fun, yeah, and Adam Jacobs, who was the original Aladdin on Broadway. I know um, at, it's so funny. I saw that you just was that Adam used to do shows at the the um, Bucks County Playhouse. Yes. Like way, like really, like over oh 20, God. like so long ago. And um, so I've seen video of Adam not like he is now. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be interviewing Beth Grant soon. Um, who's who's that? also She's been in like everything. She was on the Mindy Project. She was in Sorted Live. She was in Little Miss Sunshine. I probably know. I mean, she's a character actress that is like in everything. Um, I mean... From my first season, I got to interview. Um, I got to interview Katie Huffman a few times. That's Tony nice. Award winner for the producers. I got oh, to yeah. interview. Um, well, uh, of course, Stan Zimmerman, one of the writers for the Golden Girls, it. who you know, I actually haven't met had on the cruise. Oh my god, you have to! I have. I had him on a live. I do live Instagrams. Like I was doing live Instagrams. Oh yes. So I had him on. I had him on that. Okay. So I have that video. I, I could. The funny thing is, I probably could just take all those and put them in into, into podcasts. Yes. And do less work. Since yes. I have all the videos, I could just take the videos, conversations from there, and just transfer them over. That's actually a smart actually idea. that's a great idea because I was just thinking about that. Like my YouTube videos, I could take a lot of them. It just depends on. It just depends on the audio quality because I do yeah. have a, a, a standard for my um, audio quality. That would be the only thing that I would have to figure out. Like, how do I cap? Yeah. But anyways, yes. like, it's yes. there. It's not like it's not there. Yes. Um, who else? I mean, there's some people I got introduced to for my podcast. I got um, to meet this incredible, incredible singer-songwriter who's been around for many years, uh, Rachel Sage. She just released, last year she released an album called Character that was, uh, she recorded uh, because of her uh, um, journey with cancer. And um it was a fascinating conversation I had with her and she's just an incredible singer. Um, I love um, the, conver- like you're such different conversations for people compared to like mine's like, yeah, so we need to bring down the man and gay people are amazing and all these things. Not really, but like they just tell, it's a lot of coming out stories and um, yes. well, then I'm going to have, uh, and I can say this because Shekinah will be a part of my summer bonus episodes. Yay. Um, I'm super excited. And then, um, Oh, we had we had a great interview with Sh- I had a great interview with Shakina. She's I'm such a delight. So excited, uh, yeah. And there's just but that because of I do it's for educational reasons and it's a resource. I was like, um, I would love to like bring in certain people that I look up to. However, mm-hmm. my like mission and the work that I do doesn't com- it doesn't it doesn't just I can't just do that. Like I have to someone has to be doing some like social justice or activism for queer rights and any. Mm-hmm. Queer. I had a couple of allies on, uh-huh. but 
My, it's really is like I'm, I'm supporting the queer community because not enough people do. Yes. No, it's so, great that you do. Um, so, yeah, that's so. Uh, well, what's a really cool. All right. So those are your that's your pod, podcast. And yeah, I mean, it's so hard to choose blogging. because like I've spoken to so many great people. 12, but 12 years. Yeah. It's, uh, off the top of my head. And um, those are some good ones. Swimming with dolphins yeah, in yeah. honor of Olivia Newton-John's. Uh, to be quite honest with you, I don't even know what you're talking about when it comes to that song. But um I'm not a fan like that. It's, I don't. It's on her I, physical album, and it's. Ah, okay. um, cool. uh, I just I love the song, and I, I want to swim with dolphins again. So that's so funny. I love. I love and and the thing is, the, I mean, the great thing about that was that like the dolphin that I was paired up with, her name is Lulu, and they told me like Lu, uh, like Lulu has a hard time with people, but there was just I guess my energy and singing the dolphin song. She. Fan of Olivia. So yeah, play. yeah, exactly. And, um, and exactly. Uh, call me Adam. Call exactly. me Adam. That's so funny. Uh, what are besides like? Have you ever had any like cool moments? You seem to be because you because we live. Also, everybody, if you live in New York City and you're a theater kid, a geek, you probably have countless stories of Broadway shows that you've seen weird that have changed your life or just unbelievable or moments you go backstage. Mm-hmm. Or um, you're on the street and you run into people that my mom's probably never heard of, but I'm super fan of them. And um, so what's like a cool, t- what is, what's a cool one moment with that? Just one. Okay. The and coolest- I'll tell you one of mine because I just, it, it truly is just amazing. But Okay. Uh, oh God. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm going to tell you two because they're both just Amazing. All right, you can tell okay. me too. All right, thank you. I'll okay, so the kidding. first one, <laughs> <laughs> the first one is um, I got to do an interview with Daphne Rubin Vega, um, Katie Huffman, and um, Kenyon Phillips. Uh, Kenyon Phillips is like a, a downtown artist, um, and he was doing a, a concert at Joe's Pub a few years ago. And Katie and Daphne were part of it. I got to go to Daphne's loft in New York City, and we filmed the video interview there and I'm so jealous. I'm obsessed with Daphne it like so much it all the was, people is, but Daphne's on, on all the worldly creature oh my god like, it was one of the most one of the most fun times I had and it was like it was really like I mean they were all really good friends and I just felt like I was kind of like the fourth friend just like we were all together just friends hanging out it was that's how they should that's incredible. how interviews really should be yeah. especially with artists and just they're all like you know they're they're doing their thing yes yes and she's my, also very she's very like uh interactive online she's very yes sweet, so she is she is uh oh, she was it was actress. like it's just like out of this world and the loft was like incredible i was like i didn't know there, there were places like this in new york city i mean incredible well, she's been here f- since. for a long time yes. yeah like so she probably has yes. had that place for a while isn't yes. she married they don't take the yes she is married yeah. um her yes. kids are like or one kid or whoever they're beautiful i think she has one child yeah beautiful yeah. yes but look at her i mean come on yeah exactly that's so cool that's, how long yeah. was the interview uh i mean probably an, an hour 45 <sighs> minutes to an hour it, so it was, nice yeah 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 and my second so my second moment was um before, uh, so so Fine Signs used to be Fine Signs at the Regency before uh, that space closed down and he went to 54 Below. Everybody, so, finds, you can tell you what Fine Signs is first before you tell the story. Oh, yeah. So um, so Michael Feinstein is a, um, I mean, a legendary uh, uh, preserver of the American Songbook. Uh, like, probably one of the top. Like, the, the person top. that does it. Yeah, yes. like. He's yes. a museum for, for all of this, like yes. old, like crazy. Yes, and he used to have a, a cabaret room called Fine Signs at the Regency on the east side. And then the Regency was going through some uh, renovations and the, and the room shut down and he spent a few years looking for a new space. And uh, during that time, 54 Below had opened and then he- um, Which is another, that's another, just a beautiful cabaret it's like, room, beautiful. It's, it's, it's touted as Broadway Supper Club. I mean, yes. it is a beautiful space. Um, and a beautifully now, expensive prices. Yes, yes. And but it's really it's worth it. Really, yes, definitely worth it. And um, uh, so now it's Feinstein's 54 Below. So he merged with them. But when it was Feinstein's at the Regency, it was 2002, October 2002. And um, Susan Lucci, I was a, a 
huge All My Children fan from like 2000 to like 2005 and um, or six. And anyway, she was um, performing on her nightclub act at Fine Signs at the Regency. And of course I got a ticket to go. And uh, while I was waiting in line, um, I'm waiting in line and the person in front of me waiting in line with Michael Feinstein was Liza Minnelli. And I didn't, I, I was like, I didn't feel comfortable saying anything to her, even though somebody else like walked up there and was like, you know, I just adore you. And she was, I mean, just the sweetest to them, but I just- She's always the nicest person. To, yeah. And I was just too shy, but anyway, uh, so that was like one moment in that night. And then I watched the show and I went to Susan Lucci by myself. And this woman that I was sitting with, she was like, come with me. I'm going to, we're going to get to that back room party. And, um, she got me in and I got to, not only did I get to meet Susan Lucci that night, but I got to meet Kelly Ripa, Mark Consuelos, um, Walt Willie, uh, Marge Jusset was there. Um, Eden Regal. I think that was everybody that I got to meet. I couldn't get, I, I wasn't able to get pictures with everybody, but I got them all to sign, um, I had Susan Lucci's book with me, Having It All, and um, which is another book I just absolutely adore. Uh, but so they all signed that book for me. Um, cool. So that was like another. That's a New York moment. That right is. Those, that are, is. those are such distinct New York moments. Like, yes. I, you can't. You can't make that up. Like that's why when you talk to Stan Zimmerman, just so everybody knows, Stan Zimmerman is a, one of the, was one of the first season writers on the Golden Girls. And then he's also written um, for- uh, Gilmore Girls. Gilmore Girls, a very Brady Bunch, the sequel. Yes. Um, so he's he just writes a lot of things that are amazing. And he actually does a all Latin, Latinx version of and Diver and Frank. Yes. Which I always want to mention because it's just so powerful to do something, a strong piece of theater to do it like that because it's how it correlates. Anyways, stands amazing. So yeah. uh, I'm gonna tell you two moments. Okay. My favorite moments. One actually didn't take place in New York. Took place with Rent in '97 in Boston, actually. And I was a Rent. I stalked people. Could you imagine if we were at the show the same day? Uh, maybe. I mean, I. That was the first time I saw Rent. Was in Boston. Oh well. So Nina Simone's daughter, Simone, was Mimi. Oh. And I gave her a rose. I was obsessed. I gave her, first of all, I got the jacket like Mark and like I was, <laughs> and um, I gave her a rose and she goes, oh, the Hugmeister. I'll never forget this because I hugged her because I was obsessed with her. She's so gorgeous and tall and beautiful. But one of the greatest moments was I sat down and I was outside the door and before the show, before half hour call for the actor, Carrie Hamilton sits down and we just talked for like 40 minutes. I was like. Oh my God. And we just talked and talked, just chilled. We were just oh chilling outside. God. She's out there and we're just talking, like literally sitting on like something and it was great. And uh, uh, that was the moment. That's incredible. At, the, at that time. And then in New York, actually both of them don't take this place in New York. Then I got <laughs> to meet, I worked at the Greenbrier Resort in um, White Sulphur Springs, which is an old classic, huge, one of those old uh, spring, Sulphur Spring resorts where all the celebrities used to go to. So Debbie Reynolds. Oh. And um, so it was, I met Debbie Reynolds, Brooke Shields, I Dream of Jeannie. Uh, oh, Barbara Eden. Barbara Eden. I met all of them and I just hung out with Debbie Reynolds for a little bit. Oh my God. I was That's working incredible. there. She, she stayed there a few days. And one cast member that I was with, he was obsessed with her. So he like basically became her assistant. <laughs> And her assistant was just so lovely. Um, but at one point, the big moment was at one point, um, Debbie Reynolds, Brooke Shields, and Barbara are sitting down watching Christine Ebersol do her nightclub act. Oh my God. And I'm sitting there, I'm supposed to be working and I'm literally like, I just, <laughs> I didn't do anything. I'm like, I'm not working. I'm watching this happen right now. Yes. Christina Ambrosal, she does this, she can play the trumpet with just her hand, like her mouth. Uh -huh. so she's playing the trumpet and they're all watching her. And I'm like, what? Oh my God. Is happening right she's now. She's incredible. Unreal. Christine. She's like seven feet tall. Yes. And and there, it's just like this iconic moment. And I can still see it. I will never forget 
that moment. And then Debbie stayed on for a couple of days after because she used to go to that resort. There's a picture of her on a bike that people recreate in front uh-huh. of the specific spot on the grounds. She uh-huh. still there with her husband and, and back oh in like gosh. the 1960s or something. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was, those are... Those are, but when you're in New York, though, those moments that you had, those are all, they just happen and you have to yes. be very aware of them and like when they're happening and taking it in and ending up in the backstage with all these random, like, yes. like we're going and you're like, okay. <laughs> I mean, I was at the Drama Desk Awards one year and um, Brooke Shields was there and uh, she, she's I, I was so outside. nice. She's so, so nice. nice. She was outside, but she was like waiting at the corner for like a cab. And I was like, do I go? Do I go? And, and I went. And I was just like, I was just at the Drama Desk Awards. I was like, I'm such a fan. I was like, do you mind if we take a picture together? And she was like, no, not at all. And we did. And I mean, just the nicest. The like nicest and gorgeous and yes. so sweet and just like everything. So yeah, most of the most of the older ones are pretty cool. Like they're not like, uh... so uh, I always have my guests give words of wisdom to any, anything you'd like to any of my listeners, my queer listeners, my queer youth listeners. Um, we were talking about a lot of different things with our careers and things that we do. Mm-hmm. And um, so this could tie in somehow, however you'd like. But what would, what would you say for all those queer little kids out there that come out at like nine now, by the way, but yeah, right. <laughs> but there's still struggles at home. And, you know, yes. especially during the pandemic, it was, I couldn't imagine if no one was accepting of your. Yes. Yes. Um, I mean, I think, I think what I would, I would say is, um, you know, uh, I mean, coming out, like we discussed, coming out is always an ongoing process, even though I came out when I was 20 something, I'm, you know, like I said, I'm 45 now and I'm still coming out. Um, and it's still, while it's a little bit easier, it's still, it's still always a challenge to come out to people and decide who you come out to and who you don't come out to. Um, but, uh, you know, just know that there are a lot of people out there who um, who are there to support you, and um, you know if it seems like there's there's no hope around or there's nothing there there is always a reason to to stay alive and to keep going because there is always tomorrow and it can always get better. Um, you know, like my mom would always tell me growing up, uh, you know, suicide is a, a temporary fix a permanent fix, sorry, suicide is a permanent fix to a temporary problem. And um, I always, that always stuck with me. And, um, uh, you know, like, I mean, I, I went through a very rough time where I, I at one point, uh, I did have thoughts of, of killing myself around, I think, somewhere around my, I was either in my mid 20s or 30s. But, um, you know, I found support from my friends, from my family, but, you know, if you don't have um, friends or family to reach out to, I mean, there is like the National, um, the National Association for Suicide that you can call. Um, there's the Trevor Project that you can call. You know, there are, there are places to reach out to. And I also did find solace and help in music. I, I, I found, you know, songs by artists that just had were expressing what I was feeling at the time and the songs helped me through and helped me get better um I mean therapy is an option too uh you know I certainly went to to a therapist at that time and um you know we found ways to to that helped me um so I just um I guess my um my my thing is that it does always get better and um uh there is always a reason to keep going. Thank you so much, Adam. You are so amazing. And you can find more information on Adam literally on callmeadam.com. And of course, I want to thank my on-air sponsor, Michael J. Grauskas. And if you want to contribute and become a Patreon, um, a patron of Queer Teen Podcasts, of course, go to patreon.com forward slash Queer Teen Podcasts. And I tell you what, $5 goes a long way. And if you give $5 a month, you get a nice sticker and you get to hear the episodes drop a couple days before. So just a little perks. And I'm your host, Anthony Giorgio. And thanks for listening to another episode of QT, Queer Teen Podcast, encouraging the next generation of queer youth from across the world to stand up for what's right. And remember, 
listen, learn, love.